Kia ora, no mai haere mai and welcome to the Our Cooperative Podcast. Uh, this podcast is charged with introducing you to some of the weirdest, wonderful and most amazing people we have across our cooperative. These people every single day go out to sell, manufacture and move the 16 billion litres of milk that you produce on farm every single year. Uh, and they are in the far-flung corners of the world and it's my job to introduce you to them. Today, very lucky to be joined by Tim Smith. Tim Smith is sales director uh, with our North America ingredients business. Welcome, Tim. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Rich? Very good. A little bit of a slight disclaimer. Uh, So Tim and I joined Fonterra uh, on the graduate program together in 2008. Uh, We also flattered together on Karangahapi Road in Auckland. uh, And I've made strict instructions to Tim that that is off limits for today's interview. Is that clear, Tim? Luckily, luckily, <laughs> hey, um, probably the probably the best class of graduates uh, to ever come out of Fonterra, I think. Uh, you would not be wrong with that one. Hey Tim, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your story? How, how did you end up in North America with Fonterra? Uh, so I've been in North America for, or based in Chicago for about a year and a half, nearly nearly two years. I'm in the sales team over here um, on the ingredients side of the business. Um, I was. Uh, Working uh, before before that at uh, at farm source stores, um, so I spent spent three or four years um, based out of Auckland and Hamilton. I'm um, supporting supporting the retail stores there um, in the category team. Um, originally started started my career with Fonterra um, straight out of the graduate program, as you mentioned, um, and then. Uh, Spent spent some time with a couple of other companies um, based based in Europe um, and in New Zealand, and then um, yeah, finally found my way back home uh, uh, with Farm Source, and and then back over here to Chicago and the sales team. So, so and, enjoying uh, it. And that was after a what a, a somewhat disappointing professional hockey career, could you say? Yeah, <laughs> semi semi professional hockey career, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, packed up my bags um, and and headed over to Barcelona for for a couple of years um, to to ply my ply my trade at, at hockey over there, um, and ended up uh, fi- finding meeting my wife and uh, finding a job. So stayed a little bit longer um, after they kicked me out of the hockey team once they realised I wasn't any good. <laughs> um, so, and then eventually found my way back to New Zealand after a few years there. Cool. So, Chicago, US, I guess, um, what a time to be living in the US. Tell us a little bit about kind of what, what the Midwest of the US is thinking, you know, what's sentiment like in, in US daily life at the minute? Well, conversation's pretty easy. I guess you just need to mention Trump and then um, <laughs> then you can pretty much walk walk away <laughs> and uh, someone will talk for a few minutes uh, and then come back to the conversation and you haven't really missed much. But um, yeah, no, look, it's, I guess it's um, it's interesting. There's always there's always something in the media on on politics, which is because uh, everyone's something to talk talk about in the office. But um, you know, not not a lot really seems to change much uh, week on week, except for for the odd tariff announcement, which um, Impacts us quite quite a lot and throws the market into a bit of a spin for a few months. Mm. Um, outside of that, I mean, it's pretty good here in the US. I mean, things are going pretty well for the economy. Um, you know, we've just got through through my second winter here. Winter's pretty brutal. 
Mm. Um, and so, so everything's looking up for us uh, heading into summer. So, so it's good. So, so just out of interest, like, how does, does is there any major differences in daily life between you know what you know the average American in the Midwest you know is living versus kind of you know the average Kiwi? You're a good Waikato boy, so any any major, <laughs> or is it is it you know pretty much the same? Well, I mean, you've got a bit of a split, especially in our office between sort of the, the city folk and, the, and those living in the suburbs. The suburbs is pretty much pretty much the same as um, daily life in New Zealand. Everyone's um, into their sport here, um, which we can relate to. Um, sports are a little bit different, um, but other than that, that's, uh, that's what most people are doing on the weekend, um, either taking the kids to sport or, or watching something. Um, so no, it's, it's pretty similar. You can relate there, and then but then I guess the, the city life's a little bit different. Um, we, we live pretty close close to the city centre, as do a lot of the New Zealanders who, who move over. Um, so there's just, just loads going on in terms of restaurants, bars, uh, seems to be um, a concert going on every every other day, which uh, which we don't quite get in New Zealand, so that's always pretty exciting. Um, and then, yeah, if you, if you love your sport, you've got, uh, especially in Chicago, we've got the Bulls, we've got the Cubs, we've got um, the Bears and the, and the Blackhawks, uh, so, so you can't really go wrong there as well. So it's all, it's all pretty good stuff. Awesome. Um, and t tell us a little bit about the U.S. dairy market at the minute. Kind of, you know, where is it at in terms of surplus deficit? You know, how are people feeling about dairy in, in the states? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've only only been in the industry, I guess, here for a year and a half, two years. But um, I think uh, there's a little bit of concern around around yeah, what what Trump's doing and what, what probably more what he what he might do next, mm. um, and and what that could do to the market. But overall, the last few months. Um, Milk production's dropped down a little bit, um, which has kind of given the market a little bit of strength. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's still outside of some of the impacted products um, from the tariffs. There's still some pretty good steady demand out of Asia for U.S. exports, which is which is holding the market steady. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty tough for some of the mum and dad farmers over here, though. I guess getting getting um, hurt by some of the sort of the tariff implications, and then. Um, at the other end, some of the the mass sort of uh, farming systems, the, the factory farms that are that are coming on online and consolidating um, a lot of the farming um, farming businesses here is kind of leaving the the smaller farms in a bit of a no man's land. So I guess they're the ones really feeling the pinch at the moment. Hmm. Um, so so I guess uh, in the mid in the Midwest, where I guess we are. Uh, where you get a lot of those smaller farms, um, you are yeah they're 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 really struggling. So um, yeah, it's, it's I guess a bit, in a bit of flux at the moment. What what do they do if they if they can't dairy? Do they go into grain or crops or like are there are there other options or, or I mean what are people doing if they, if they're not sustainable dairy farmers? Yeah, I mean a couple are changing um, so farming systems or uh, moving into something else, but uh, some are actually being pretty creative and getting. I guess um, jumping on the whole Providence sort of band, bandwagon and um, setting up really little premium um, sort of locally run brands. Um, so you can actually go around the Wisconsin now and um, you know uh, um, find some some um, some good sort of uh, ice cream brands made made sort of on site. Um, small production systems selling for really really um, a, a high premium, mm. um, and it's doing the same with I guess cheese and um, and I guess some of the other dairy like fresh dairy and, and yogurt. Um, so you're getting a lot of like small niche players popping up, just going into that high um, value space, and then the others are, I think are sort of exiting the market and, and selling out yeah, cool. um, where needed. So. 
it's interesting. And what about our uh, ingredients business in North America? How are we going? It's going pretty well. Um, we we I guess ebbs and flows with the with the with the market in terms of the dairy food space. So we we have two businesses here in the US. We um kind of focus either on sports nutrition and active lifestyles or, or dairy foods. Mm -hmm. um, so dairy foods, we, we sell into like uh, chocolate confectionery, uh, processed cheese, and then sports nutrition into um, protein powder um, supplements in, in that sector. And the dairy foods side, it's all about, you know, where the market pricing is at the moment, US versus Oceania. And uh, last year was a really good year for us, um, just with how the market's were uh, this year we'll see our GDT um, trending downwards may um, may help things again um, and uh, enable us to sell a little bit more fat into the market but on the protein side it's really exciting um, we're I think forecasting about 25 to 30 percent growth for next wow. year um, so bars protein bars protein beverages new applications protein fortified food they're all um, they're all going crazy over here um, in terms of just that, that healthy lifestyle and um, uh, weight management sector, um, it's growing growing at you know close to ten percent um, per annum, and it's a it's a it's a, the biggest uh, market in the world to start with. So uh, it's pretty pretty good time. So uh, we're we're really just battling for supply out in New Zealand. Uh, the more we can make, the better. Fantastic. Um, that's our biggest challenge at the moment. So, so any cool customers in that space, in the in the protein space that we're working with, that we've kind of grown or, or worked with, or that are doing some exciting things in the market? Yeah, we've got um, we've got a few good customers. I mean, we've got our our really large um, sort of uh, mainstream customers, which are which are extremely important. And you've got your your niche players who are coming in with some new exciting applications. Probably our most exciting customer at the moment is Premier Premier Protein, um, which they they specialise in a in a ready to drink protein shake, um, and they have uh, they're, pro they're the biggest probably protein buyer dairy protein buyer in the US now. Uh, five years ago they were probably unheard of, so they've grown incredibly fast, uh, and we are their main supplier for um, dairy proteins. Um, we I guess the ready to drink. Beverage, protein beverage is quite a complicated application. You need a really good quality um, milk protein concentrate mm. to uh, make sure it stays stable for long enough um, on the shelves at the supermarkets. Uh, and there's only a couple of us that can do it, and Frontier is obviously one of them. So um, they've really leveraged off of our sort of scale to be able to uh, work with big customers like Costco and Sam's Club here in the US, and together we've just uh, we've grown to the point where we're now, I think, um, supplying nearly nearly up to twenty thousand tons of uh, dairy protein into that that one product, um, which is which is pretty cool. And then on the I guess on the smaller smaller side, um, you know, we've got customers who are who are on the keto keto trend. Mm -hmm. um, so using our grass-fed fats um, and then also our protein um, to, to do ready-to-drink beverages or, or powders into that application, which is pretty exciting, and then uh, protein-fortified foods. So um, just that's everything, um, you know, from, from chocolate brownies to different types of bars to ice creams, yogurts. Um, so everyone's trying to bring on the next, next uh, protein application. Um, so... It's just pretty cool. We're trying to get in, yeah. involved in all of it. 
that's fantastic. I mean, that's a that's a that's an amazing success story. And so, I guess from a New Zealand dairy perspective, is it more like when you when you talk about dairy in Asia, there's a lot around provenance and, and New Zealand and that. In the US, is it much more targeted around the actual functional aspects of the product, or is provenance still a, an important part of the story? Um, probably both. Uh, yeah, we, we have a pretty unique position around that that ready to drink. Um, protein space, uh, and we also have a couple of ingredients that are quite unique uh, in, say, protein protein bars um, in terms of their functionality. But I think, you know, going forward, say, looking forward to three, four, five years, um, the whole uh, farming system here is changing to those, you know, large 30, 40, 50,000 uh, herd farms. Uh, they're becoming obviously the norm, uh, and so that's probably driving a bit of a counter trend. Um, to customers wanting to know where their ingredients are coming from and wanting to feel good about consuming them, so they, they're, they're, I guess more, we're going to see more and more growth in sort of grass-fed, uh, pasture-raised, non-GMO. People, people love the, the New, you know, when New Zealand's called out on, on a pack, um, and so I think, I think provenance is going to continue to be a big um, play for us in those, um, those claims that we, we can make. Um, we're, we're pretty unique alongside, I guess, the, the Irish, um, um, and so they'll be they'll be quite popular. And then there's some small trends like keto that just play play perfectly into that space um, as well. So I, I don't know. It's probably it'll probably be more the functional side, but going forward, uh, provenance is going to be more important. Yeah, fantastic. And um, I guess one of the things we're seeing here is the kind of the rise of non-dairy and all that. Uh, you know, the states must be a pretty massive market for that. Where, where are you seeing consumer perceptions with respect to non-dairy versus dairy and resource consumptions and you know the sustainability of each? Oh, it's pretty, it's pretty scary uh, place at the moment <laughs> for us. Uh, it's becoming, yeah, it's growing very, very rapidly here in the U.S. They, uh, I don't think the sustainability comparison has really come out in the market. Uh, most people just see it as a, a better a better option, but probably ha uh, haven't quite dug into the detail um, around what it means in terms of the farming systems and, and water usage, etc. Um, but it's, it's just growing really rapidly. Uh, I was in a uh, supermarket, a Whole Foods supermarket, which is I guess a high-end supermarket uh, last weekend. And I think out of like the three um, bays in the supermarket, there was probably two and a half were plant protein and only half a bay was dairy wow. protein. Um, and so some of those sort of high-end consumers, maybe maybe not the fitness freaks, but um, they're, they're really looking for something that they think um, provides them with probably a better sustainability story. Um, but I don't think there's been probably enough discussion in the media or um, just out in public on, on what whether, what it actually means and uh, where dairy sits right? in that. Yeah, big opportunity for, yeah. for, for New Zealand farmers in that space. Cool. So um, I guess from a, you know looking forward, you know fairly confident around the US business, shaping up, we're well positioned with respect to both provenance and functionality. You're feeling good about things? Yeah, yeah. So um, no, it's good. It's uh, we're, we're looking forward to next year. Um, Hopefully, hopefully a good year um, in terms of in terms of supply. Hopefully, have a good season. Um, plenty of milk, hopefully, coming out of New Zealand. So, hopefully, you guys at the Farm Source team can help help the farmers um, just uh, supply as much as possible, so we can sell as much as possible. And, um, 
and uh, we'll continue continue to grow. All good. And hey, um, any any final messages for our farmers back here in New Zealand? Oh, just keep up what what, what you're doing. Um, as I said, the the provenance stuff is is growing. It's really important to our customers. It gives us a point of difference here. Um, and uh, so all that stuff that happens behind the farm gate is uh, is really valued by the customers. And um, you know, hopefully we can just uh, bring bring as many of our customers back to New Zealand to um to see what actually goes on there. So they they appreciate it more and more. Um, just just keep it up and make as much milk as possible. Fantastic. Want to see? Hey Tim, um, always a pleasure. Uh, thank you very very much for your time today. I know our farmers will have appreciated your views on the US market. Uh, keep safe, and we'll talk soon. Thanks. Sir. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our cooperative podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback, and if there are people or areas of the business that you'd like to hear from, just let me know. Hope you're all having a great day, and no hot out.